0: On this edition of the Michigan State of Sports, football is back. It feels so good to say. And today we take a look at the Michigan Wolverines with MI Beat reporter Aaron McMahon. Who's up? Who's down? And what's Jim Harbaugh's future looking like? That's next on the Michigan State of Sports. Welcome back, everybody. It's September, it's fall, it's football. We're having it all, and we're so glad that you joined us. I'm your host, Tony Garcia, joined by my co-host, Jake Ritma, who I'm not even gonna slander. I'm just gonna
1: welcome him in with open arms. What's up, my friend? Tony, 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 you are far too kind because I've got like the shields up, ready to de- somehow defend myself for my Uh, indefendable acts that I pulled today and just the the antics I don't know how you put up with me I've said this time and time again I would probably lose my head if it wasn't screwed on here's what here's here's what happens your boy got a little confused mixed the schedule up but wasn't in the right place at the right time, but you know what? Because of people like you and, and Aaron McMahon that are able to pull the idiots like me along, adapt and overcome. We still have the Michigan State of Sports. We've still got football. Good to be back and good to be on the airwaves, getting after it on the Michigan State of Sports with football, the best time of year. It
0: It kind of snuck up. Did it sneak up on you this year? Like, and I don't well, know, I don't know how it did. Oh, for no. me, not yeah, for
1: you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. It didn't sneak up on me, um, and, and there I was complimenting you. Now I'm going at you, so maybe we do get a little combat going here. Come, but, come. you know it, it didn't sneak up on me because I didn't just, you know, venture on out to California <laughs> for for a little bit of time and, and go visit the – well, I did go visit the West Coast, so I'm not going to say <laughs> – But I've been here, boots on the ground, getting ready for football season. I can't wait, Tony Garcia. And I know you share that same excitement with me, even though it did sneak up on you. I
0: do. It was just, uh, it was an extremely, extremely unplugged week last week. And that's why we didn't bring the preview last week. But honestly, it kind of builds my energy even more because now it's just days away. It's not not that week away. I mean, it, it is here and it's time to take a look at the Michigan Wolverines. But before we do that, we have to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Jersey Mike's. This episode of the Michigan State of Sports is brought to you by Jersey Mike Subs. It's somehow, as we just mentioned already, September. And while that means summer's over, the good news is football's here. And uh, it, it's, the, it's the best time of year. Friends, family, football, but you can't forget that fourth F and that is food. So if you're hungry, Jersey Mike's can be your spot, no matter the occasion. You're looking for a quick lunch, no problem. Kids being picky? Tons of options. Need something catered or having guests over? Or maybe you just don't want to cook? Say no more. Stop on by any of the five following Jersey Mike's locations, mention the Michigan State of Sports, and get 10% off your entire order. That is our gift to you this football season. Those locations are on Carpenter Road in Ypsilanti, on Westgate right off of I-94 in Ann Arbor. That's my location right by my home. On Ford Road in Canton, the six-mile location in Livonia, or on Sheldon Road in Plymouth. It's Jersey Mike subs, be a sub above. And now, really, there's no reason to wait any longer. Let's bring him on. As promised, my former colleague, buddy, great writer, uh, one of the must-follows on the University of Michigan football beat, University of Michigan sports in general, lives Aaron McMahon. It's been a while, my friend.
2: Hey, hey, Tony, good to be with you. Good to meet you. You guys, let's, uh, let's talk Michigan football.
0: Happy to. Um, I'm sure you've probably done a million of these previews and everybody has. And I always want to try to do something different, but I'm not going to because everyone wants to talk about the quarterback. So it's Cade McNamara. Is he the guy or the next guy?
2: Right now, he's the guy. It's his job to lose. He's the starting quarterback week one against Western Michigan. How long the leash is going to be remains to be seen because yes, everyone wants to talk about J.J. McCarthy, you know, the, the five-star commit that came in um, by all accounts, he had a productive spring. Um, didn't I think grasp everything that he needed to, to kind of win over the coaching staff. And that's one of the reasons why you, you, you see that McNamara is going to be the week one starter. Um, I, I think there's some leash that be had with McNamara. I don't think he's going to get pulled right away when things go south, if things go south. Um, because look, you know, the coaching staff was happy with the job he did last year. He didn't play a ton. He came in, you know, late in those, those games for the end. And then obviously kind of willed them to win at Rutgers. Um, but they, they like what they've seen out of him. Kate is kind of that gamer, that, that leader that I think Jim Harbaugh has desperately, desperately been looking for at the quarterback position. And that's what he sees out of him. He, he likes, you know, his, his play has been sufficient. He's that leader that they, they, that moves the offense down the field and scores points. And right now I think that's that he'll take it. Um, Now, what that means going forward with J.J. McCarthy, we'll see. Because obviously, kate has got a couple more years. Um, They'll cross that bridge when they get there. But right now, Kate's the guy. uh, They like what they've seen out of him. Apparently, he he even took a step forward in in fall camp. Um, So they're rolling with him right now.
1: Aaron, appreciate you so much being on Michigan State of Sports with us. I want to stay on the offensive side of the ball. And there was so much made about – Josh Gaz's speed in space and, and recent times. And now all of a sudden you hear there's some rumblings with the commitment reestablishing the run game, and that can help, uh, you know, a quarterback's best friend can be the run game. What are you hearing in terms of what that offense will look like moving forward in Ann Arbor?
2: Yeah, I, they're, they're going to run the ball more. You know, if you go back and look at the stats last year, they were near the bottom of the conference, the big 10 in, in rushing and running the football and carries um, and rushing yards per game. But if you go back and look deeper, I mean, they, when they did run the ball, they were pretty good at it. Hassan Haskins averaged like six, six yards a carry. He had like four yards after contact. So when they look back and at what he was able to do, they're pretty pleased. The problem was they just couldn't run the football enough because they were falling behind in games. Oftentimes the opponent was scoring first. So they had to play catch up and you know, you can't really do that when you're running the football. I mean, you can, but it's a lot more difficult. So they felt the need. They had to throw the ball more. You saw that what happened last year. So between that and and they. have a more experienced a, in a more deep in a deeper offensive line. They really believe that they got they're too deep at every position up front, um, and I I think this offensive line group secret or quietly could be one of Michigan's better units across the team. Uh, so they like what they have up front. They like what they're bringing back at running back with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. So they really think they can move the football on the ground. Now how much they do that remains to be seen. But I do think it's going to be significantly more than last year. I think especially early on that this season against Western Michigan, perhaps against Washington and definitely against Northern Illinois. They're going to try to establish a run. They're trying to get that going and then, and then branch off from there. They tried that last year. If you go back to week one against Minnesota, the game they actually won. And I thought they were pretty impressive that game. They tried to do that and they did it pretty well. Like Gorm, uh ripped off a big run. Zach Charbonnet ripped off a big run. Um, so it, it's almost kind of like they're going to kind of repeat that la- you know, last year. The only difference between last year and this year is the, the, the quarterback situation. Joe Milton was unestablished. They didn't really know what they had there, so they kind of think they felt they needed to do that. It's a little bit different this year. They don't necessarily need to run the football more, but they're definitely going to make more, con- more of a conscious effort to do so, um, and if they can do that successfully and, and march down the field doing that, it opens things up for Cade McNamara in the passing game.
0: Yeah, and I know nobody's here for my two cents right now. They're here for yours, but for what it's worth, Blake Corum is a problem, and I think they need to use him like a Kadarius Tony type. Just get the ball in his hands, because when he has it in space, it's ridiculous what he does. That's just an aside. No, Um, and
2: and they tried to. I mean, they did a little bit last year, as you saw. They tried to get him him involved in the passing game they the issue last year was they just had so many running backs to feed the ball to and that was a criticism against them you know they try to diversify the carries try to spread spread them out because really had four or five running backs you're trying to feed the ball to and that's an issue I mean you can't get guys in rhythm it's tough to kind of get guys um to, to you know to to get up and, and confident and play that way when you when you're spreading the ball around so much this year it sounds like it's really going to be kind of a two-man back rotation with Hassan and Blake they're going to try and get Don Edwards the two freshmen from West Bloomfield involved more um, but you're certainly going to see the carries I think more dis- distributed more towards one or two guys
0: well I mean with Mike Hart b- back on the coaching staff I mean he's probably not even used to a two-man backfield he's like what do you need a second guy for I used to run the ball 45 times a day back when I was here but um, but I want to look at the other side of the ball as well um, because I mean if we if we think the offense looks different then the defense really looks different I mean it starts up top with uh, with the new DC in in Mike McDonald and then all the coordinators, or not? I'm sorry, not the coordinators, but the coaches—Steve Klink, Klinksale and Hilo and Ron Bellamy. I mean, what does? Can you break down this defense for me? What can we expect? I got no idea.
2: It's a good question, and I don't think any of us can, because you know we're, we haven't—we're not privy to practice. We haven't been inside practice, but we—we've we, been able to you know, slowly kind of grasp at clues and straws and like tips they've given us. And it sounds like this certainly is going to be a lot more diversified of a defense than what we saw in years past. They're not going to be as tightly, you know, not going to be in tight man coverage, especially in the passing game. You're going to see more zone thrown in there. They're going to they're going to have more three-man fronts, bring more guys back. So I think you're going to see more 3-4, more zone. Uh, and, and things are going to be done differently. And I think that's a good thing because when you look, go back and look at Michigan's biggest breakdowns the last couple of years against Ohio State, Penn State on the road, Wisconsin, it, you know, these teams, and even if you go back to last year against the losses to Michigan State and Indiana, teams, you know, they they played a certain way. They clearly done their their homework, you know, scouting Michigan's defense, and they they attacked them that way. And, and you know, look, Jim Harbaugh realized that, they, they, they didn't change enough. There wasn't enough diversity with the defense. And that's why he seem to make the change. Uh, so when, you know, Mike McDonald's never coordinated a defense before, which I think is fascinating and be something to watch as the season goes on. But he has enough experience at the NFL level to know that defense has to do multiple things well to be successful. And when you multiply that in the college game where offenses are king and speed is king, You've got to be able to keep up, and, and Don Brown's defense, at least with the players that they had at Michigan, clearly what, they weren't doing the job. Uh, so, you know, you're going to see a lot of different things this year. Um, I think they're going to certainly try and get Aiden Hutchinson out in space a little bit more. It sounds like he's playing more of an edge rusher outside linebacker role. I'm really curious to see how he does doing that. But they're going to try and get into the quarterback. They're still going to try all signs point them still getting pressure on the quarterback, pressure up front, um, but they're going to do it in a little bit different ways. They're going to try and disguise blitzes a little bit differently, uh, things you didn't necessarily see from Don Brown. So it's it's going to be fascinating to watch. My only my biggest question with this though is how long is this going to take to gel? And I keep bringing the, this point up whenever I and I'm asked about this, but. You know, a couple years ago when Josh Gaddis came in as offensive coordinator, they brought back the quarterback, Shea Patterson. They brought back multiple offensive linemen, you know, the future NFL guys up front. They had a lot of experience in offense, and, and it took them half the season to kind of gel and get and get things going. This defense isn't as experienced, isn't as talented. So how long is this thing going to take? You know, this isn't going to happen overnight. I'm not expecting them to come out and let the, you know, light the world on fire week one. Um, But how long it takes his defense to kind of gel and communicate well and figure this out is, I think, going to determine how well this season goes.
1: No doubt about it, Aaron. And you broke down the schematics of it all brilliantly. And I think more just kind of a casual fan question here is you look up and down this roster and maybe even Aiden Hutchinson might be one of the guys that you recognize. He was named to the um, ESPN's top 100 players this year. But other than that, there's going to be some new faces. And just uh, for a casual fan tuning in, you know, who, who can you look to in the maze and blue to be a guy that steps up aside from Hutchinson?
2: The, the next guy I got to go to is safety, Daxton Hill. He, you know, he's played a couple of years now, former five-star recruit from, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, originally committed to Alabama a couple of years ago, I flipped it back to Michigan. He's a pretty good, he's a really good player. He's a playmaker in space. Um, you know, last year, I think he suffered because the secondary struggled so much, um, but he, they're going to do some things, I think, defensively where they're throwing four, f- five, and six defensive backs in, in, in the backfield to try and free him up. get him on the ball as much as possible and force force turnovers because that was another big issue that that hurt Michigan last year and even a couple years prior when you're in man coverage constantly defensively against you know in in passing situations Michigan just didn't force a ton of turnovers and that's something that they're going to try to do more and that's where I think where Dax is, is key here I mean he's an athletic tall kid he's he's probably the quickest kid quickest player on the team by far. So you're going to try to get him in in playmaking a you know situation. So he's someone to keep an eye on. They have a fifth year senior at linebacker and Josh Ross who's been around the program a while. He's a good player. Um they really like what they have there. Um and you got some guys up front, you know, defensively, defensive tackle. I think Michigan's expecting to make big make a big leap. Mozzie Smith from Grand Rapids is one. Chris Hinton's a starter. He, they're expecting him to do big things. So there's pieces there. Um guys that have played before, started before, um, guys I think they could be very good. Like I said before, you know, they're gonna have to put it together and, and kind of learn on the fly with this new scheme because like they've been practicing this thing since you know spring against one another, with each other. But the question now becomes what's it gonna look like when you go against a team that you know you haven't faced before?
0: That's why this time of year always has so many question marks. But I mean, briefly, I just wanna congratulate all of us. We just set a record on talking about Michigan football for 10 to 15 minutes. I don't know if the name Jim Harbaugh came up yet. So kudos around the room, because I imagine, I mean, we have to spend a little bit of time on this. I mean, what, I, I, like, I don't even want to pose a question. I want to just say like the name Jim Harbaugh and then like let you run. Like, what, what do you even think when you hear that name? Like, what are the questions you get? What is the pressure like? I mean, Jim Harbaugh has such a different ring to it than it did when he came.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be an interview without a question about Jim Harbaugh. I get it all the time, whether it's his future, whether, you know, if he's figuring it, if he's going to turn Michigan around. And it's it's hard to answer because, you know, as a as someone who follows the program in and around Ann Arbor quite a bit, there there's obviously folks who think he can do it. They, they're still optimistic. They still think he's the right guy for Michigan. But you're starting to see some of the fan base – um, you know the 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 interest is waning they're starting to realize that maybe Jim isn't the guy you know that we're going into year seven he's gone through coaching staff change after coaching staff change he's changed philosophies offensively he just changed the defensive coordinator there the, the 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 general feeling now in Ann Arbor is you know like when is this going to happen is this going to change and, and there's no going to answer that because you can't you don't know I mean Jim's You know, you can knock him and criticize the job. He's done everything else. But if you look at his record, he's done relatively well. I mean, Michigan averages eight to nine wins last year. Obviously, they're coming off a two-win season, you know, this past season. Uh, But he's been fine. The issue, you know, is two-pronged, really, beating Ohio State and then, you know, winning a championship, whether it's a Big Ten or getting the playoff. They've gotten there close. They got there in the earlier part of his tenure. uh, But things have started to unravel the last couple of years uh, you know, and you know, you don't know, you, you don't know if he can turn this thing around. I think he thinks he can. And he said, you know, he's going to die trying to do it uh, and kudos to him. But at some point, you know, you got to make a decision here. So he just signed an extension. I, I genuinely think, and I've said this before, I think he's got two years left and he just signed an extension. He's got five years on his contract, but there's frustration growing with the, the alumni base and the donors and, and everything else. And you, you kind of set, you know, um, you know, set, kind of you glean that when they signed you an extension in the offseason. Yes, they signed an extension, but it was for a lower salary. The buyout's only four million dollars and it goes down million a million dollars a year after that. So it's open Michigan, the door open, the door is open for Michigan to fire him if they decide to, because the money isn't isn't much of an issue anymore. So you know, the clock is ticking. you The know, pressure's on. Jim acknowledges that, and I think this is the first step to turning this around because here's reality, and I've said this to folks before, we ask my opinion on how, how this season's going to go or their predictions for records or whatever. Michigan isn't going to compete for Big Ten title this year. That's reality. I mean, they, they just don't have the talent, and they're, they're, they have too many changes defensively. But by the end of the season, there has to be some sort of um, improvement shown, whether it's, you know, clicking with the defense – Getting the offense near the top of the Big Ten statistically, there has to be something for I think the fan base to gravitate towards and look at and point to and say, "Okay, we're getting better here. We see it." And then it's I think next year is the year I think do or die for Jim Harbaugh. But either way, it's a big year. If Michigan falls on its you know on its face again, kind of like last year, and they go five and seven or, or four and eight or whatever. It, they could pull the, you know, pull the plug on Jim Harbaugh, but given all the staff changes in the off season, the commitment to doing things differently, I think he's going to get some time here.
1: Aaron, this, this might be a difficult question to answer, and it's somewhat putting you on the spot. So, apologize, apologies in advance, but. It's a follow-up to the last answer where fans, alumni, supporters of the program, however you want to classify it, have to see some kind of noticeable improvement. And I, I completely agree, obviously, but what... If you can even narrow that narrow improve or that improvement into something specific, what does that look like? Because oh, by the way, you're still trying to, you know, balance realistic expectations that you also allude to that this is not, uh, you know, the cal- the caliber of talent that they've had in years past. Yet it's almost a do or die year for Jim Harbaugh. So, what are specifically some of those noticeable improvements?
2: Well, I, I think right off the bat, it's just statistically get better defensively. So I think as the season goes on, if they can show improvement in the passing game and stopping the run, I think there's one thing tangible thing right there. But I keep going when you, when you ask that question, I keep going back to wins and losses. They have to pull off an upset somewhere, um, a game that they aren't expected to win they win whether it's at wisconsin or maybe at penn state two places they've really struggled in years past haven't been able to win at you know those are two games i predict they're probably going to lose um they have to surprise some folks uh so whether that's go eight and four and pull off a win at wisconsin or go you know seven and five but still pull off the michigan state game and penn state they have to do some things to get the, the fan base i think excited again and you know look maybe maybe that's Going six and you know starting the year six and five and somehow pulling the upset against Ohio State in the year I don't think it's going to happen I think that's bottom of the barrel I, I think that's but it, I mean it's possible it, it could happen and I think it would re-energize the fan base and get them excited for maybe what's to come so I I, I think you know obviously statistically and you know in, in front of you in your eyes you have to see improvements you know defensively but again pulling off an upset somewhere in the schedule I think would do it
0: of course. Tony here with his with his Spartan green glasses on high, um, and I think it's so funny because like like right away we're we're already ruling out Ohio State and yes this is a down year but I mean it's it's just miraculous how how far things have shifted and and how and the the lowering of the bar the moving the goalpost whatever we want to call it but I do agree if things are going to be successful here, expectations need to be reset and then they need to be built there. So I agree. I certainly agree with that, but I wonder, and like I said, with the Spartan green glasses, I think it kind of almost just comes down to Michigan state, like Michigan state has been bad for five years and Harbaugh has been there for six and it's three and three forget, forget Penn state, forget Ohio state in Michigan state's down years, you're 500 with them. If he loses that game, I don't see how he could possibly be back unless he beats Ohio State.
2: No, I, I agree. You know, that I think the, you know, all the struggles last year and the poor season and all those losses, the, the one that hurt the most was clearly that Michigan State game, Ann Arbor, Mel Tucker's first year. I mean, everyone expected Michigan to win that game. And, you know, they weren't the greatest team, but, you know, they were coming off a, a good win against Minnesota, you know, a big high Everything was going great. And then you you lay that big of an A against Michigan State. So yeah, I, that, I think it starts there. I mean, Mich- Michigan State is starting to encroach in Michigan from a recruiting perspective in the state of Michigan. They're starting to compete for some some talent that Michigan should probably be getting. Um, so I, I absolutely agree. I think it starts there. You've got to beat Michigan state <clears throat> and then obviously in East Lansing, it helps, but it, it gets that recruiting flow going again too, because uh, as I mentioned, Michigan has gone through a huge recruit or coaching overhaul this off season. It's really reset their recruiting pr- approach back. Um, they're not getting those kids that Michigan probably should be getting or, or you know, they're competing for. Uh, so that that's step one. And you, I'm glad you mentioned Ohio state because the last few years it's Michigan obviously hasn't been able to beat them, but then when you don't beat them, it hurts you in the recruiting, you know, in the recruiting races, because kids look at that and say, well, you can't beat the big team. So I don't want to go there. And one of the reasons they're not beating Ohio state is because they don't have the talent that Ohio state has. So it's like a, it's like a circle, you know, and, and until you do something to change that or break that circle, whether it's pulling upset or do something else, it's, it's just like a vicious cycle. And, and that's, I think what Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are stuck in at this point. Um you know, and no one really knows how to break it
0: yeah i i wanna i I know we kind of brought it to the coaches and and we we're kind of looking at this big picture, but i want to dial it back just for one one second before we get you out of here because i mean you're talking about i mean you're talking about the players and and we talked about some of the names of the guys on defense but but i want- I wonder the the offense i mean you like you say. This team's not going to win the Big Ten this year because they they don't have the horses. I mean, is that on defense? Is that on offense? Is that is that on both? I mean, I, I know they got some. We talked about the running backs. You said too deep at the offensive line. I'm curious to learn more about what you think about that group, given given they have a couple starters to replace. And then what yes. on the outside?
2: Yeah. So the offensive line wise, they lose Jalen Mayfield, He was by far their best tackle last year. He went to the NFL draft. Um, they do bring back four starters. They got some. They got a fifth year experience center and Andrew Stardis. Um, or excuse me, a sixth-year senior in yeah. Andrew Vistardis. Got a fifth-year senior at right tackle, Andrew Stuper. So they got some experienced vets there. Um, Zach Zinter at right guard, they think could eventually become their best offensive player, Josh Gaddis said a couple of weeks ago. So we're, we're, I'm curious to see the jump he's made, but he's projected to start at right guard. Um, they got a younger guy at left at left guard in Trevor Keegan, who's pushing another fifth-year senior in Chuck Filiaga. And the left tackle is a guy by the name of Ryan Hayes from Traverse City who Michigan's coaches have been high on for the last couple of years. They really like his ceiling. He's started a bunch of games. it's, It's an experienced, talented bunch. Um, you know, and then they got a bunch of guys behind them. You know, I mentioned Zinter and Stewart, but they've got like Fliaga and Carson Barnhart and Trent a. Jones. Guys that have been on the program a couple years. They were, they were recruited and developed by a former offensive line coach, Ed Warner, kind of slotted in certain positions. They've been around the program enough. They know what they're doing. Um, so Michigan is going to be their strength, I think, of their offense, as I mentioned, is going to be the, the line. If the line plays well, like I think it will, it's going to obviously help Cade McNamara, quarterback, and the running game. Um, but should open up the passing game too. Michigan's receivers aren't the studs that we've talked about in years past with high ceilings like the Donovan Peoples Jones and Tariq Blacks. Um, but they've got enough like talent out there where I, I think they could do some damage. They do have Ronnie Bell back, their top you know pass catcher last year. Cornelius Johnson, you guys asked earlier about names to pay attention to this year. I forgot to mention him. He could he's he's poised for a big year. This is like he reminds me of Donovan Peoples Jones a little bit. He's outside um he's, he's an outside receiver, tall, linky guy. He can go go up and get balls. Um uh, you saw a little bit of it last year. Obviously they didn't play a ton of games. But he's, I think, poised for the biggest breakout among the receivers group. And they got a handful of guys who Josh Gass has recruited to the program. They've been around a couple of years. Michigan's just kind of waiting for them to kind of to to break out. Um, one interesting name in the receivers I, I haven't mentioned either, um, uh, graduate transfer from Jackson State by the name of Dalen Baldwin, Southfield, Michigan native. So he's a local kid. Interesting story because he was he was lo, like he was lightly recruited coming to high school. He went down to the SWAC. He was at Morgan State, Jackson State. Uh, He played this past spring when some of those smaller conferences were playing on ESPN, he had an incredible year. He had like 600 yards receiving and a bunch of touchdowns. And like, it caught the attention of some big programs. I mean, he went and worked out for Ohio State. They offered him a scholarship. They went, he went and worked out for Michigan. They offered him a scholarship. Uh, And and he basically committed to Michigan on the spot. So he's a big bodied back. Um, I expect Michigan to utilize a little bit how much remains to be seen. But they've they've got guys there that have been around enough where uh, they could do some damage in the receiving game, I think.
1: Aaron, last one for me. We'll get you out the door on this one. Kind of broaden the whole thing, and I'm hoping you'll tell me something that um, I, that I that I want to hear. Like you know, like any good interview. I'm just looking for answers here. Is it Ohio State versus everybody else again, or is there somebody in the Big Ten that can pose a legitimate threat? Obviously, in Indiana, put together. Uh, A nice year under Tom Allen last year. They seem to have things going in the right direction. But uh, you can start in just the Big Ten East or just open it up to the entire Big Ten. But uh, how do you see it all playing out?
2: My pick to win the Big Ten was Ohio State. I I do think they win it, and I think they're the clear front runner. I don't think it's going to be as obvious or as, like, i don't like it to be as dominant as as it has been in years past. You know, they got their first year quarterback and C.J. Stroud starting, so there's kind of unknown there. They the thing with Ohio State though is they're so deep at receiver and offensive line, and I mean they're just they're deep everywhere and they're talented, so it's hard for for to, to slip them up. They could, you know, I do think there there's a possibility there. I think they win the East, no question about it. I don't really think there's anyone else to contend with them. Indiana, I'm curious to see. I, I think they could be very good again this year. The West is interesting. I, because, you know, it, it's, all, it's always the, you know, typically the, the weaker division. I think Wisconsin's going to be very good this year. They're probably going to come out of there. And then once you get the Big Nintendo game, you, you, you just never know because it's one game. So I think it's Ohio State against everyone else. Uh, Wisconsin, I think, has a slight chance. They're probably, they were my pick to win the West. I think they're, they'll compete and they'll be c- competitive. Um, and then after that, it's, just, it's, a, it's a mix of teams you really don't know about, Indiana, Penn State, um, you know, you can throw probably Iowa and there, maybe Michigan at the very bottom. Uh, just a lot of teams that are they're just kind of bubbling there, waiting for something else to happen in the Big Ten. And until Ohio State falls, it's I think it's their conference.
0: They certainly have reigned supreme for a long time, as you just did on this guest appearance. Aaron McMahon, M Live, thank you so much for coming on. Um, can't wait to see. How, how how the season plays out i'm sure you're unbelievably excited to to get back in the in the stadium and not just be watching uh from tv like the rest of us
2: yeah i, I can't wait i was just telling someone the other day like there's gonna be fans in the stands again so it's gonna be like a lot of, like last last year when michigan opened at west minnesota i went i was at every game and mm-hmm. you travel to these stadiums and it's like it was like zombie land like the parking lots were empty and you could just walk right in the stadium no one's tailgating no one's in the stands. It was weird, but yes, I'm, 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 I'm excited to get back to normal again. It should be fun for everyone.
0: Yes, no, it will be. And we'll look forward to to having you keep us informed all along and we'll bring you back on and we'll catch up. And then we'll, we'll talk about how right we all were in, in uh, like five or eight weeks.
1: And you won't have to plan around me. I'll, I'll stick. There to we the go. Schedule. Yeah. But Aaron, awesome stuff, man. really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. No, no problem at all, guys. Thanks. Take yep, care. Jake, Jake tell uh Jim Costa I said hello I'm sure you know him or met him or whatever
1: oh gosh yeah Jim's a great guy great <laughs> guy he's we I'm to- messing up his show on the board somehow or the all other right.
2: way yeah we, I we, we went to school together so
1: okay I'll oh, fire up then huh yeah
2: yeah yeah fire right
1: up. right on good stuff man that's awesome all
2: right guys take care
1: take it easy
0: see ya Aaron McMahon, always one of my favorite colleagues. Not just saying that because because um, he came on. Uh, we we always had a good time uh, back when I was at M Live. There's a little throwback. It's been going on three years, but great guest, good guy. Um, I and I really maybe I think he's a good guest because I agreed with like everything he was saying. Were, were you finding yourself doing that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That seems about right.
1: I think that too. I feel like a bobblehead. I was just bobbling <laughs> my head along, along. Cause I mean, what he was saying, just, it was, it's, and this is no disrespect. Well, it kind of is disrespectful to the Michigan fan base. I'm separating fan base from people that cover the team, but it's just, you don't often hear voices of reason yeah. when discussing Michigan football. Again, no respect to the highly talented journalists that cover the university of Michigan, but more referring to the fan base. Yes, of course. And honestly, I wanted to say
0: that in the middle of it. I was like, man, like if I could just have like normal dialogue about Michigan football like this, like for so long where someone who is really like entrenched in the team, and obviously he doesn't have that same passion and fervor that all my best friends who went there do. But like, if you could just have a conversation like that and be like, yeah, this is problematic. I, they're not going to win. Uh, all right. Now, like, now we're speaking repressed. the same language. Although... I did want to and i'll probably shoot him a text or something and just be like like quip it i think he was probably playing it a little just a little safe at times when he's like yeah if they're four and eight or five and seven i think they'll probably he knows that he's gone and he, and he did end up sort of coming along the lines of like yeah if they don't if they don't beat michigan state it's
1: probably probably it but um he also he touched great that he touched on the contracts are you know it is an extension call it what it is but it's more of a restructuring so that the if and when that time comes the departure is a little bit easier and and less of a hit for for everybody involved there so great stuff from Aaron McMahon
0: yes it was what do you what do you think the Wolverines do this year we haven't actually discussed this at all um what you think although I know what you think because you said When we power ranked all eight teams in Detroit, Michigan, and Michigan State, you said the team that would be the very dead last to win its championship is Michigan winning a Big Ten championship in football. I think you said like 2046.
1: So I already know what you think, I guess. Yeah alive for well it's different i mean that's kind of some of the problem to begin with this and the fan base and maybe rightfully so because there's a tradition there oh it's it's big 10 title or nothing and and you look at ohio state and they're just on a different planet than michigan and so until that changes you have to go through ohio state ohio state to get into the the big 10 title game so i'm still gonna stand by my my take if you will i know that's the buzzword now but my my opinion that ohio state is on a, in a different world than the University of Michigan, when it comes to on-field talent and and depth and everything else that contributes to having that sustained winning program, and it that's not going to turn around in 2021. And and again, sticking to my outlandish take that. Sure. Maybe I got a little carried away and caught up in the moment, but but you're still not going to see something just happen overnight when it, as it relates to the University of Michigan and their aspirations for a title. So that's why I wanted to get into the actual nitty gritty specifics of what noticeable improvement looks like and I thought it was great a great answer from Aaron and I'll piggyback off of it that you got to have an upset win you got to beat Michigan State and you got to turn some heads in the sense that okay these are not just you're not just winning the games that you're supposed to because that's something you could give Harbaugh credit for in his tenure he has won those games he's supposed to you know there's been the close ones with um um was it it was the military school army uh, army yeah army they still won that one. And there's been the ugly wins, but uh, there hasn't been the App State game or the, the, the embarrassing loss under in the Harbaugh era. And he hasn't necessarily, obviously, he hasn't helped Michigan reach new heights, but he hasn't brought the – that's another part of the expectations that uh, Michigan fans, you know, the Harbaugh haters, oh, it's the worst – he's not the worst coach ever. He just hasn't done what uh, you brought him here to do.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. He's a a a good coach, and I wish I wish we had been able. He's a good coach, not a great coach. I didn't finish that thought. Now let's finish the thought. I wish Frost. I'm I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. He's not Scott Frost. No, he's not. The worst. Terrible. I mean, they got punked by Illinois, but I want. Here's the Michigan conundrum, and I wish I could have gotten into this with Aaron, and we'll just do it briefly because I know we're trying to wrap. So Michigan has two options. One, they lean into who they are because it's what they've always done. You use it for recruiting. You use it for branding. You use it for for dollars. You use it for just, just the visual. You use it for prestige. And then you hope eventually when all these things come together, it works again. Because as you've said for all these years, you're Michigan. Or you totally reinvent the wheel. Like I've said before, I think I said it on this podcast before I, before you were in the picture before you and I became a thing before we became a hot item. I was saying how honestly Michigan needs to take down all the banners. Like you need to scrap everything that like ever came before. Like that's the other way to do this. And finally humbly look at yourself and then build. But it, once you do that and you're no longer this great thing, do people still want to go there? But if you still keep thinking that you're hot shit, you're never going to be humbled And you're never going to win. So how do you think these two things come to come together? Do you see it like that at all?
1: There's, I think there's a lot of merit to that. I'm not, I'm not downplaying what you said in just doing the, uh, what's, what's the show on ESPN the first take or hot take, whatever. Yeah. They got to disagree on everything, but I am going to play devil's advocate. We don't disagree enough. So
0: please disagree.
1: Right. Right. I'm going to say that Michigan, I think they can play to that a little bit because um, and and Aaron talked about a little bit about this, but in the rec- there's such a battle in recruiting that you got to do some type of thing to to separate yourselves. And if Michigan's is, you know, this is the big brand. You're, you got the jump man on on your cleats and on your jersey, and and the University of Michigan and the tradition, and and that plays to a certain. A, a certain recruit, then I think you got to continue with that. And although there hasn't been the, the winning to back it up in recent years, you're still the university of Michigan. You're still, well, what, you, but what does that mean? Because still think about team. who,
0: think about who you're recruiting. You're not recruiting seniors. You're recruiting sophomores and juniors. So they're 16. You want to know the record of Michigan against Ohio state in their lifetime? One in 15 well, in a win, <laughs> with a win yeah. against Luke fickle, who was seven
1: and six, like, how, how long can you keep playing this game? No, no. What, yeah, what are the recruits going to say? There, there's no doubt you're correct in saying that. But what the other answer, what do you want me to say? Just, yeah, if Michigan just goes out and wins every game, they'll, they'll really turn the program around.
0: No, but I mean, but I mean the, the thing is, you could lean into the Michigan thing, and that's what they've done. And it's how they've, like, treaded water and clawed on. But they're not climbing by holding on to who they've been. And it like newsflash, you keep banging your head against a door. It's gonna hurt.
1: They're still. I don't think recruiting's the problem though. They're still getting these top classes. I think player development's the problem. And I'm not gonna get on. But, the, but the player hard development
0: boss. isn't happening because they're arrogant and entitled, and they and because they still think they're hot shit because they told they were
1: hot shit because they got recruited by Michigan. Right. It's and they're a going systemic
0: to, issue. They're
1: going to Rome. They're 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 making rap music videos. Who's got it better than us? All of that. So I think you can have the play to the tradition and the history and the brand that is the University of Michigan without the, the extra, you know, the bells and whistles with the actual players at the University of Michigan and taking them to Rome and, and everything else and, and the lack of player development there. I think you can recruit the way that they are, get these five stars in, and then get a coaching staff that can develop players. And, and look what, look what, I'll use Tom Allen again. Every single player on the University of Indiana would run through a brick wall for Tom Allen. I'm sorry, Indiana University, IU. I don't want to say the university, but you get my point. The Hoosiers would run through a brick wall for Tom Allen. The Wildcats would do anything for Pat Fitzgerald. He gets the most out of every single player in a Northwestern uniform. And you can't say that about Harbaugh. Mel Tucker era is still obviously um, in its... In, in Remains it, you know, to be seen. Right, but there was that element in the first year; it felt like guys were playing for him, but they got to the roster anyway. So that's really uh, a mute point. But the 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 bottom line is, I don't think the University of Michigan develops players, and it starts at the top with Harbaugh. I don't think, as simple as I can make it, I don't think kids would run through a wall for Jim Harbaugh.
0: Yeah, I I don't either. There's no there's no evidence to point uh, to that they would. So we got about one minute left. Not quite. Jake, can we get a prediction for the University of Michigan football team this year? Seven wins. All right, that's not fun because that's what I was going to say. So that was wholly underwhelming, but about as underwhelming as our podcasts usually are. I'll
1: I'll get a little more specific because I think that I'll say they beat Michigan State this year.
0: I think on the Michigan State preview podcast, I said that Michigan wins that game. How about whatever little value you took of my word, you'll lose it. Cause here on this one, I'm going to say, no, they don't. Michigan State. Now I can't be wrong. <laughs> Flip-flop. Both guy... sides of your mouth and it's golden. Right? Yeah, that guy Tony totally knows his stuff. He's never right. wrong. No, I really, it's it's such an emotional pick for me. I need to, I need to get to the week off. And then, and then I'll tell you. Cause right now, nobody knows anything about either team. My guess, gun to my head, I would probably take Michigan because Vegas would favor them and they do have more experience. They probably have a more talented quarterback and there's just more talent on the roster as it currently stands. But that hasn't meant anything for years. So that's why we get to play the game. That's why it's the best time of year. That's why it's here. No more time. The next time you and I are talking, we're gonna be talking about what happened on the football field, not what's going to
1: happen. Well, that's that's an incredible feeling. I I, I, I can't even, uh, you know, adequately articulate how much that excites me. And, and I, I, I know you share the same passion, but for me, it's college football. I love the Big Ten, first and foremost, obviously cannot wait for Michigan State, Northwestern, but throw it all in there. Clemson, uh, Georgia this weekend. I mean, I... I'm not gonna it's, say, it's a holiday,
0: it's a merry time. This is the one week this year I'm not saying go Cats. Let's do it. So excited to have football back. For Aaron, for Jake, he's clawing at me. We're shutting those claws down. We'll talk about the game next week. This is Michigan State Sports. See ya.